reach out and see how they're doing, make sure that they're doing okay. I know I talked to Al yesterday, and uh, I think he's kind of getting back to himself. Marilyn was over there with Brenda doing some sewing and stuff, and he's in there popping in every now and then, I guess, giving him a hard time. So he's getting back to himself. He's hoping to maybe be back in church here in a couple weeks. Um, it's also I'll keep Lindy in prayer. Uh, everybody knows she's back in the hospital. Uh, she's having some issues, so you know everybody lift her up before the throne of God for for healing, to work on her life. So I want to start out this morning. Uh, we live in an age today where. We as individuals, we think a lot about ourselves. Um, you know, women, you like to look good for your man, right? Got, got to put your face on, worry about your weight, worry about your figure, worry about how you look. You know, you know men, you want to be buff, you know, you want, want to keep your woman with you, right? You know, we, that's the kind of age we live in today. Um, this morning I'm going to talk to you about spiritual fitness, okay? You know, here we are in the month of October, November's Thanksgiving, December's Christmas, then what happens at the end of December? December 31st, going into the new year, what happens? Resolutions. What's the big resolution? Oh, man, I got to get in the gym. Man, I got to get in the gym. I got to work off. out. I got get, to get, get this weight worked off of me. You know, I got to look good. You know, I'm not a fitness buff. Sorry, I show it. Did that for too many years in the military, getting up at, you know, 4.35 o'clock in the morning, get dressed, go out for a four-mile run, calisthenics, every day except for the weekends. And when it time, came time for me to get out of the military and I didn't have to do nothing, I'm going, yes! Of course, you see what happens, you know. Get the old Buddha belly, as I call it. Uh, but we want to look good. You know, we, we want to be physically fit. We want to take care of our health. We want to do things to, you know, me personally, you know, I, I went, I've kind of gotten to a point now when I got to a point where I was on so many medications and stuff like anymore that I had to get healthy, you know. And through the grace of God, you know, I'm, they're starting to wean me off these medications here. Probably next next three or four months I'll be off all of them but one, you know. But, you know, we, we just get so tied up about the physical aspect of ourselves. We get so tied up on how we want to look. We get so tied up in what other people think about us from an outward appearance, right? But we have a tendency, we neglect our spiritual fitness. We, forget, we neglect what, what's going on in here. We neglect what's going on up there, right? Our key verse this morning is, uh, comes from 3 John, second verse, and it says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. You know, when, when, it, when we make that resolution, you know, we we got to come up with a plan, right? We got to come, you know, how am I going to attack this situation? How am I going to lose this weight? You know, how am I going to get there? How am I going to get from point A to point B? 
So we come up with a plan. But you know what? There's a plan in the Bible of how we can nourish our spiritual fitness. And the first thing we have to think about as far as our, our, our spiritual fitness goes is our appetite. That's the first thing physically. Gotta watch what I eat, man. I gotta, I gotta stop drinking soda pop. You know, I gotta cut back on the sweets. I can't have my favorite candy bar no more. You know, I, I, I gotta cut back on my carbs. You know, gotta do everything I can to get fit. But in Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And it goes on in John 6 through 48, 41, it talks about the bread of life. And Jesus says that I am the bread of life. So he's telling us we have to have bread. We have to have something to sustain us spiritually. And I'm not necessarily talking about food, though we have to have it, you know. We can only live for so long without food. But we live even longer without water. But that sustains us. That sustains our physical body. Okay? But for our spirit to sustain it, to be spiritually fit, is the Word of God. This will fulfill our spiritual appetite. You know, just as like we're looking, you know, we... When we start getting on that on that, that that fitness kick, and we start looking at things in the grocery store, and what do you do, man? You're pulling things off the off there, and you're looking at the labels, right? What is in here? What is sodium? Blah 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 blah. What what in the world is this stuff? You know, it's got all these preservatives, all these chemicals. But you know what? The Bible has no preservatives. It has no chemicals. The word is is inspired by God. 100%. You re spiritually, if you read the Word of God every day, and I hope everybody does, you should be at least picking it up and re read a chapter. You know, there, you would not believe the number of times where I was going something through something in my life and I would open up to read the Bible and I open up to a chapter that just fit the situation. You ever been there? And that would just make your day. So this is your spiritual nourishment. Okay? Read the word of God. Be faithful in doing so. You know? Just like working out. You know, you want to, want to get in shape, you got to be faithful about working out. You got to be faithful about reading the word of God. Next thing I want to talk about is attitude. I kind of told you how I felt about working out. Not a fan in any way, shape, or form. Hate it, hate it, hate it, you know? But if you, if you, if you get to a point where you've got to do it, you know, you can't just go strolling into the gym, ah, man, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to bench press 250 pounds. It just doesn't work like that, right? You have to have an attitude, and, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I couldn't go in there and bench press 250 pounds if I wanted to. You have to work up to it. But in order to work up to it, you have to have the right attitude when you walk into the gym body, you have to take an attitude to resolve it. You can't be oppressed. You can't hold it inside. That will destroy you. That will cause you more problems than you will ever 
than you, than you can even fathom. When you become oppressed, when you hold things inside you, it festers. It's like having a, having a, a big cut on your leg and you don't do anything about it. You go, don't, don't go to a doctor. You don't, have any, you don't put any, any ointment on it and it gets infected. And, that, and that's how, if you have the wrong attitude about things going on in your, in your life or about something that you're going to do, it's going to fester, it's going to get worse. In Philippians 2, 5, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as, a, as Christ. We fail at doing that sometimes. We lose out. We stop looking at things. We stop looking at people through the eyes of God or through the eyes of Jesus. If you do that, you, you know, again, it's going to ruin your attitude. But if you, if you be faithful, if you look at situations through the eyes of God, He'll never fail you. You've got to think about the manner of life in your daily living. Psalms 1, 2, But those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. It kind of goes back to the previous, re reading the word of God. Make it a habit. You know, if you have time, don't just read the verse. Spend time with, you know, Spend time in that chapter. Spend time with a verse. See what it's all about. See what it means to you. You know, I've learned a lot here lately that whenever you uh, read verses and you, and you have trouble understanding it, I've learned that you can find other verses to help decipher what you're reading. I never, never knew that, you know. I would read a verse and I, I kind of feel like, uh, what, what's the ventriloquist name? Jeff Dunham. He has the, the puppet named Peanut, okay? And he'd always go... Man, I'd read a scripture and it'd go right over my head. Okay? But humble yourself. Look at the scripture. See what it means. Spend time with it. Spend more time in that chapter. The next one I want to talk about is to help you with spiritual fitness are your associates. Who you associate with. 2 Thessalonians 3.14 takes special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in any order that they may feel ashamed. In order to get spiritually fit, you have to look, start looking at your surroundings and where you're at. That has a, will have a direct impact on your life. It affects you in three ways. First thing, it could, it will help you if they're dedicated. Okay, so it will help. Sometimes the people that you associate with, the things that you associate with, can help you spiritually. You know, if you, if you if you hang out with Christians. If you hang out with like believers, it helps you grow. That makes sense? Okay. It will help you blossom. You know, we as Christians, if we if we talk with other Christians, it can help us understand things. It, it helps us in a in a common bond. Helps us with our knowledge to learn. But depending on the type of associates, it can hinder you 
if they're worldly. Okay? Now, you'll have a, hear a lot of people say, well, you know what? I'm a Christian now. You can't go hang out with people of the world. Sorry, folks. I, I tend to disagree with that. That's my personal opinion. Because when Jesus was walking earth, did he just hang out with just the disciples? No. He went to those places where, like the unleashed spirits would go. Unleashed spirits, man, they go, they go to places I wouldn't want to go to. I wouldn't, yeah, you know. You know, I go to places, when I go downtown, downtown and I work with the homeless, Natalie, is that some place you, you really want to be? See? Okay. So sometimes you have to be around the people of the world because that's part of our great commission of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to be out there doing kingdom business. And the only way to do kingdom business is to be out there with the people of the world. Now, when I tell you that, that doesn't mean that you go out there and if, if you know, if Larry goes to, a, goes to a biker bar and they're in there getting drunk and they're in, they're in there getting partying and, you know, throwing down, that doesn't mean that he goes in there and he drinks and, and parties and, and throws down, okay? But he goes in there with the love of Jesus Christ and he spreads the gospel to them. Yeah, they may not want to hear it, but that can plant a seed. And you know what happens when you plant a seed in the ground? Okay? It sprouts. It becomes something. Okay? So sometimes you have to go out there and you have to be with the people of the world. Finally, it could hurt us if they're wicked. Okay? Now, if you, when you think about the word wicked, I doesn't, that doesn't mean, well, I guess it can mean their lifestyle a little bit, but you don't want to hang out with people that are contrary to your belief. And when I say contrary to belief, if you're a Christian, I don't believe you should be go out and you should be hanging out with somebody who, whose religion is, is paganism or anything like that, that they don't, they don't follow Christ, they don't believe in Christ. Okay. Yeah, you can still plant a seed, but you just leave it at that. You don't want to try to get involved in ways because that's going to hurt you in the end. The next thing is assurance. 2 Timothy 1, verses tw uh, verse 12, That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom... I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. When I was in the military, you know, I did, I remember one time I did kind of get on a fitness kick. Now, this is going to be kind of hard, hard to imagine, but when I was in the military, I did good. I might weigh 150 pounds wet, okay? I was a skinny guy, okay? But there came a point in my life I started putting on a few pounds and everything and somebody goes, oh yeah, man, you need to come, come and lift weights with us. Or at least start lifting weights, start getting in shape. So I went to the gym and I got, got on, on a bench and I forgot how much weight on there. And man, I got the weights down about right about here. I couldn't get them back up. I'm like, uh-oh, Houston, we got a problem, you know. 
because naturally I was able to kind of slide out and kind of get the weights kind of doing one of these things and they, they fell off of me. But anymore, when you, when you go to a gym, they have personal trainers, okay? They have people there that can help you spot when you do weights. I, I was stupid. I didn't know you needed to have a spotter, you know, help me out of those kind of circumstances. But as a Christian, we need to have assurance in something. We need to have, but we have assurance in the fact that, one, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And it's through him that we have eternal life. He's forgiveness of our sins. He's taken those sins and he's cast them as far as the east is from the west. I can't even, can't even envision that distance because, you know, if I say go east, I can just keep going round and round and round. If I go west, it's going to go round and round. It's infinity never stops. So when Jesus casts your sins as far as the east from the west, they're gone. They're history. Not to be remembered no more. Assurance through your, your fellowship with Christian friends. You know, in, in 1 John 1 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. You know, with, but with, with, you know, when we fellowship with our Christian friends, they're going to back you up. They're going to be there when you have, you know, give you assurance. They're going to be there with you when you have hard times, when you go through rough times. They're going to be there with you when you go through your, you know, good times. You know, how many people have had friends before, you know, that they're, they're friends with you during the good times, but man, if you go through a bad spot, they're gone. They're history, right? You ever been there? Kind of makes you feel about this big? Okay. But good Christian friends are friends for life, you know. I'm sure if anybody here had a problem, would call one of, one of the other people here in the church. I think they would. I, I believe they would be there in the snap of a finger to help you out. Have assurance and fruitfulness in winning others to Christ. Psalms one twenty six six. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. We have the assurance that whenever we go out into the world, whenever we're going out to do the commission of Jesus Christ and spreading the gospel, it's like I said before, when we sow that seed, when we, when we plant that seed, if we're faithful and we turn it over to God, he's going to bless us. And it kind of goes to what you reap is what you sow. Or you reap what you sow. You plant that seed of faith, it's going to grow and it's going to come back and return even more. So, fruitfulness in winning others to Christ. The next one I want to talk about is affections. In Colossians 3 2, it says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So, I'm going to give you a definition of affection. Affection is, a, it says, is a feeling of liking and or caring for someone or something. But affection is also an attribute of shape and weight of our bodies or the affections of our bodies. So when, when, you, when you're concerned about your, your body physically, how you look, you have an affection for, how, you know, for, that, how, for that outward appearance. 
Okay? But as a Christian, we have an affection. We have an affection for the love for Christ. You know, I've told everybody my story a couple of times before. I went through a really, really long, rough patch in my life when I ran from God. I blamed him for a whole lot of stuff. That was never his fault, but I had to have somebody to blame, right? I had to blame someone. You know, blaming God was at that point in time was easy. But as much as I blamed Christ, he never left my side. And through that, it has brought me back to where I am today. You know, never thought I'd be a pastor sitting here giving sermons to people. But here I am today. Who have ever thunk? Thunk? I don't even think that's a word right. We have to care about living daily for his glory. Now that doesn't necessarily mean what I say is right. Okay? But I do live daily for the glory of God. I've learned here even more recently in the past four or five months as I do things or if I get involved in situations. I got this thought in the back of my head back here saying, is what I'm about to do going to glorify God? And through that, I've learned that if the answer, no, it's not, I don't do it. I steer clear. It's our goal that we should daily, live daily for, for, for Christ in everything that we do. And how we present ourselves. I'm going to share a quick story with you. This actually just happened yesterday at work. Uh, everybody knows I work at the airport. And uh, I just so happened to be up in the terminal building at that time. And there was a family there who was getting ready to catch a, a private jet going to California. And I was... The, just kind of standing there, you know, I was kind of looking at the football scores on the TV, seeing what's happening with football. Not that I'm a big football fanatic, especially college football, but um, I was watching, just kind of seeing what's going on TV. And I had a lady approach me, and she goes, she goes, can I bother you? Or can I ask you something? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I thought maybe she needed something for her trip or whatever the case might be, and that way I can get her, you know, pointed out to the right people to help her. But she just, out of nowhere, she goes, you're a Christian, aren't you? Um, yeah, I am. She goes, she goes, but you're more than a Christian. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She goes, you're a pastor. And uh, I go, I am, most recently I am. And, but she goes, she, goes, she goes, I need you to do something for me. So I figure this is where she needs something for her trip. But she goes, but I need you to pray for me. 
I don't, you know, I'm not ashamed of being a, a Christian. I'll pray with anybody anywhere where I'm at. And I go, well, what do we want to pray about? And she goes, well, she goes, she goes, I'm on my way to California. And she said that her, hun, her son was in the hospital from a drug overdose. And supposedly he got a hold of some really bad stuff, had the fentanyl in it, and it had affected him so bad that they didn't expect him to live. And she goes, you know, something just told me to come over and talk to you and ask for you. So we prayed, you know, we prayed for healing, but we also prayed that for God's will to be done. So when, when you live for God, when you live for his glory, people will see that in you. They'll pick up on it immediately. I, I can't tell you the number of times that, that Maureen has told me while she at work in retail that people will come up to her and say, you know what, you're a Christian. You know, How do you know that? Just by the way you carry yourself, your outward appearance, going back to our spiritual fitness. Longing to do his will. It kind of falls along with living daily for his glory and your love for Christ. As you want to do everything that you can do to please God. God wants to be here for us. Jesus wants to be here for us whenever we go through hard times. When we go through bad times, he wants to be with us whenever we have good times. But he's always going to, whatever he decides to do for you, it's always going to be to his glory. May not be, a lot of times it may not be what we want or what we expect. You know, he'll do something for you. And you're like, well, Lord, this isn't what I was expecting or what I was wanting. But then maybe a few days later, something from what he does for you to that point, you go... You know what, that, that time, that's exactly what I needed. And it turned around a situation for me. So look, always looking to do God's will. Make sure that we're wanting to, to please him, to live for him, to be the, our best that we can for him. The next one is assembling. Hebrews 10.25 not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we need to, as Christians, for our spiritual fitness, we need to be assembling together as much as we can. We need to be assembling together, one, to hear his word. Now, a lot of times as, when I preach, you know, I might say something and you might think, hmm, I never heard that before or put, heard it put that way. And what I say doesn't, may not necessarily be the right way. That's my interpretation of reading a scripture or my interpretation of, 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 a, of a doctrine. But we should be, listen to his word. We should be here for his word. We should honor and worship. 
And when I say honor and worship, that doesn't mean showing up on Sundays and, and worshiping, worshiping during our, 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 our three worship songs that we hear and we have our sermon and we go home. But, but you should be worshiping God all the time. All the time. You know, I wake up in the mornings and, again, I'm not the most fit person in the world. But I wake up in the mornings and the first thing I, I, I is this, Lord, thanks for letting me wake up today. Thanks for letting me see the sun. To hear the birds. Thanks for letting me wake up today to see my wife, to see my grandkids. Thanking for things that he's done for you through the day. You know, I remember a situation one time where uh, it, it was a particular month where we was strapped for, for finances for, for a month because had some things going on. And we were down to like our last dime. And I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I'm just kind of turning this over to you. I'm going to let you handle this situation for me. And uh, so I had to make a, make a stop on my way home from work, and uh, I went and did what I had to do, and I was walking back out to my car. I can't remember where, where I was at or what store, but I was walking back out to my car, and I went to go put something back in on the, on the front passenger seat. And I looked down, and I'm like, oh, cool, $5 bill. So I reached down, and I pick it up. I'm like, thanks, Lord, you know, you know this is going to help out. But lo and behold, I picked up that $5 bill, and when I opened it up, it wasn't a $5 bill. It was a $50 bill. Okay? Small thing. But God met a need, and I gave him thanks. I, I praised him. I gave worship to him for, for helping me and helping us in that situation because we were like two or three days away from payday. You know? God will do things like that for us if we let him, if we trust in him, if we give him praise and glory and worship him. When, the, when the, he deserves it. When we assemble, we should heed his commands. And when I say heed his commands, is not necessarily no, the, just the Ten Commandments, you know, but assembling. And what's, his, what, what's, what's one of his greatest commands? Spread the gospel into all the world. Okay? He expects us to get together. He expects us to assemble. He expects us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. He expects us to tell people that his son paid the ultimate sacrifice and gave his life on the cross and rose again in three days for our sins. That from one day that we'll be able to spend eternity. Final thing that you can do to enhance your spiritual fitness is avoid Titus three nine, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are, are unprofitable and useless. Kind of goes back a little bit to what we talked about before, is we should be avoid the wrong people. If we want to give glory to God. We have to put ourselves in environments that's going to enrich us in our faith 
that will enrich us with our walk with Christ. Kind of touched on this one too before, was avoid worldly places. And that doesn't mean that just don't go there. Because, you know, Jesus didn't stay in just one spot and spread the gospel from just one place. Okay? He went to them. He went to where the people needed him most and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So yeah, you should avoid worldly places, but you kind of have to be selective on, on what you're doing. If you go into worldly places just because you want to go out and party, I think that's the wrong answer. But that's, you know, re reason, that's my opinion. You should put yourself in environments that's going to, again, glorify God. And finally, avoid wicked practices. I kind of mentioned that one already before. It kind of went hand in hand in a previous one. It's just, you know, watch what you do. Live in the word of God. Don't, don't get involved in, in some weird practices. Ouija boards. Everybody remember those as kids? You know, oh, mom and dad got me a Ouija board for Christmas. Bad stuff there. Bad stuff there. You know, don't get involved in practices that's going to put you in a situation that can harm you, that can ruin your spiritual fitness. There's long been an argument where is, you know, uh, I've heard that if, unless you're a priest or a pastor or something like that, you shouldn't get involved with people who are demon-possessed. Okay? Well, I'm going to tell you today, and God's Word tells us this, that as long as you're a child of God and you trust, trust in Jesus Christ and He's forgiven you your sins, you cannot be possessed by a demon. A lot of people, you know, Several weeks ago, we had a guy, and I think I told the story here before, of the homeless guy that we ran into on the street, and this guy was not, just had a demon possession. He had multiple demon possessions inside of him. You know? So myself, Maureen, uh, Brother Bruce from down, down, downtown, a bunch of us, we sat there, and we laid hands, and we prayed on this guy, and it, it was, you know, it, it was a tense half hour. You know, this guy was, was saying stuff in a, in a language we couldn't understand. His eyes were rolling back in his head. He would shake like he was having a convulsion. I mean, it was some scary stuff. But in the end, he finally just, you know, I, I believe it was, it was either Brother Bruce or and we said, we just said, in the name of Jesus, spirits be cast out of him. And, his, and during this time frame, this guy was, was just shaking and convulsing, and he, he just became still. And a few moments later, he opened up his eyes, and he just smiled real big. And he goes, you don't know how long it's been since I've felt this peaceful. Because this guy was at the point where he, these demons were... were had influenced him to the point where these demons were telling him that God was telling him to go kill people. And that's not God's nature. Never ever. But now this man was at peace. But another individual came up and they, and they were, I don't, I don't know what denomination or church they were from, but 
they're like, well, how can you cast demons out of somebody? There's, there's no, no swine here for you to cast them into. I don't remember anything in the Bible that says, you know, that if you cast out demons, you have to have a swine around, you know. And they're like, well, that, doesn't that mean that that demon's going to go into somebody else? Not if you're a child of God. Once you're a child of God, you, you, got, you got the full armor of God on you. You're protected. But be careful of wicked practices, you know, Ouija boards. You know, getting involved with somebody. Hey, you know, come over to my house. We're going to, you know, we're going to have some kind of satanic worship or, or some kind of worship that's, that's something that we don't believe in. You need to steer clear of that. So in conclusion, you know, these, these are just a few things that I was able to find in the Bible to help us to, just like becoming physically fit, we become spiritually fit. You know, you know just like we want to be physically fit, you know, to look good for our spouse or for our girlfriend or for our boyfriend or, or whatever the situation might be, we want to be spiritually fit to take on the world. You know, the world we live in today is not getting any better in any way, shape, or form. It's getting worse day by, day by day. And in order for us to take on the things of the world today, we have to be spiritually fit. We have to be prepared to put on the full armor of God. And... and if you kind of see the, the, the trend that I've been speaking over the past few Sundays on how to deal with persecution, being spiritually fit, things like that. They're, 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 believe it or not, there's a, a method, method to my madness. Okay, does that make sense? Math, method? Yeah, method to my madness. Of why I'm giving these sermons to you because as I've said before, God has laid on my heart that chains in this church are going to be broken. And we're going to see many great things happen. We're going to see signs. We're going to see wonders. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see these seats filled up to the max. You're going to see the Holy Spirit flowing out of the windows and into the, this, into the street and into the houses next door. God's going to start using each and every person in here to glorify him and put you to work. And the reason why I'm sharing these things with you is because I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready. I want you to be comfortable. Things in a church doesn't happen just on their own. Things in a church happens because of supernatural power. Supernatural power of Jesus Christ. But even though, that, even though Jesus Christ doesn't walk the streets anymore, he's given us the great comforter. He's given us the Holy Spirit to work through us to do his leg work. He's given us the ability to go out now. Take your two-edged sword, take your Bible with you. And reach out to people. That's part of our great commission. You know, we, we were out, out at dinners, 
went to dinner to uh, a place uh, uh, over in St. Paul's. I think it was called Salos. I don't know if anybody's ever been there. Pretty good pizza. I had the fried chicken, though, because I like my fried chicken. You know? But just in simple circumstances like that, you can spread the gospel. You may not have to talk to somebody necessarily, but you know what? Maureen had a handful of the, the your invited cards here, and they had a little, little table with people leave their business cards. You know what she did? She left half a stack of those sitting on the table. Okay, you're not talking to somebody directly, but by leaving that there, somebody might walk out, and they're going to go, hmm, what is this? And they turn that card, and they flip it over, and they look at it. And they might say, hey, you know what? I'm new in town, and I'm looking for a church. Or they may be going through a circumstance in their life, and hey, you know, maybe this is somebody that I can talk to. He planted that seed that we talked about. Okay? So everybody get ready for bigger things to come. I'm telling you. God spoke to me. And, you know, granted, God's had a great sense of humor in my life, but I don't think this is something that he's joking about when he says that he's going to break chains and we're going to see great things happen. Not just in this church, but in Frenchtown. We're going to see great things happen in St. Charles, St. Peter's, Florissant, Bridgeton, St. Anne, St. John. Because, you know, before the second coming of Christ, it's going to be a great revival. It's going to be an awesome revival. You're going to see people coming to Christ. You're going to see people starting filling up these seats in the churches. And when that starts happening, that just means we're that much closer. That much closer. So I encourage you, if, if, you, if you're struggling with your spiritual fitness, get out, read your Bible. Socialize with your Christian friends. Talk with them. Learn from each other. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm learning every day, you know. I was telling Natalie earlier today, this is all baby steps for me. Because if I run, I'll fall down. And, you know, my age, if I fall down, I'll like break a hip or something like that. Right? But be prepared to take on the world. Because it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your son who, who paid the ultimate sacrifice to die on the cross for somebody as simple as us. In your great vastness, we're, 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 we're just, we're just a, a grain of sand. But you loved, loved us enough for your son to die for us. And to me, that's just hard for me to wrap my mind around sometimes. It's hard for me to fathom. Yeah, how we can be so in, insignificant to have something so great done. Father, we just pray for the church. We pray for, for finances. We pray for, 
for attendance. Father, those people who are not here with us today, Father, Lord, we just, that you be with them. Let them know that they're loved. Let them know that they were missed today. Most importantly, Father, we pray for an outpouring of your spirit. For those who have never had an opportunity to, spirit, to, to, to experience your, your spirit, Father, Lord, we just pray that you just flood them, that you fill them, and just bring them so close to you through your love. Those of us who, who, who have felt the Holy Spirit, that have walked with the Holy Spirit, Father, Lord, that we just pray that you just renew us. Give us, give us a, a new dose of your Spirit. Give us a new, new dose so that we become more bold. To become more spiritually fit to do your work. Father, as we leave today and as Natalie comes up and he, she closes out with song, Father, we just pray that you just, just be safe with everybody here. Be with them during their travels. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.